fantastic. Glad that you're here. Uh, there were three preachers and a telephone repairman. <laughs> you already know where this is going. Uh, they were at a coffee shop. The telephone repairman was uh, doing some work. The three preachers were having coffee and uh, discussing the best pos position to be in when you pray. Uh, one preacher said, well, I, I know that God honors my prayers when I humbly kneel before him. So kneeling is the best position in prayer. Uh, the second preacher argued with him, said, no, no, you've got it all wrong. The, the, the best way to pray is just standing upright with your arms reached up to heaven and your hands turned this way. Well, the third preacher shook his head and said, no, you've all got it wrong. The best position to be in in prayer is lying on the ground with your face on an open Bible. That's the best way to pray. Well, the telephone repair man couldn't keep his mouth shut any longer. And he said, fellas, uh, the best praying I ever did was hanging upside down from a telephone pole one day. Honestly, it doesn't matter how you do it. The most simple and practical and powerful thing that we can do is pray. And there are a good many commands in the Bible telling us to do just that. One of the shortest little commands regarding prayer is found in the middle of this tiny paragraph that we're studying over our three-week series of messages on the high life. It's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and the three verses are 16 through 18. Last week we talked about verse 16, which says, Rejoice always. Verse 17 commands, Pray without ceasing. And then verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, whenever we read that middle verse, 17, which says, Pray without ceasing, we have to ask ourselves a couple of questions. Number one, what does it really mean? I mean, have you ever asked that when you read that verse, to pray without ceasing? What in the world does that really mean? And second question is, can I really do it? I mean, can I really pray without ceasing? Well, I think there are two layers or levels of meaning here, and that's what I want to discuss with you this morning. So I have only... Two points, all right? And the first one is this. Prayer is a practice to cultivate. It's something that we need to do in our life. We need to cultivate this practice of prayer. To pray without ceasing means that prayer is a reoccurring habit in our life. It is something you do persistently and something you do frequently. Talking to God is a matter of spending definite time with God every single day in prayer and also talking to God under your breath, as it were, throughout the day. As I go through my busy activities, I'm constantly talking to and speaking to God. It is continual and it is perpetual. This is the same Greek word that the ancient people used for a hacking cough. Ever had one of those? Uh, you know how that goes. It, it didn't really mean constantly occurring, but it does mean constantly reoccurring. Now, let me show you something about this word that you may have never noticed before from the book of 1 Thessalonians. 
this letter was written to a very young church as a sort of new converts lessons from the Apostle Paul after he had been driven out of the city of Thessalonica. And I want you to notice how he starts the letter in chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, we give thanks to God always for you. Notice the word always. Paul is saying, I always give thanks to God for you. Now, I don't suppose that that actually means that Paul sat in a corner somewhere and for 24 hours a day, nonstop, did nothing but say, God, thank you for the Thessalonians. God, thank you for the Thessalonians. God, thank you for the Thessalonians. You try saying that ten times real fast, all right? I really don't think that's what he did. I really believe what it means is something like this. The Apostle Paul was saying, I perpetually, I always give thanks to you, dear Lord, for what you've done in the city of Thessalonica. And I thank you specifically, God, that you led me there and I was able to preach the gospel to these people. And every time I think of them, I am constantly giving you praise and worship and thanks. For in his regular prayers, he kept thanking God for the survival and the vitality of this church in spite of the persecution and hostility they were facing. But even as he went through his daily activities, he would think of something that would cause him to thank God for these people. I always give thanks to God for you. And then let's keep reading. He says in verse 2, We give thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. Uh, do you see that phrase, without ceasing? It is the exact same Greek word that we have in chapter 5. So in chapter 1 he says, I am praying for you without ceasing. And then in chapter 5 he says, you too need to pray without ceasing. In other words, Paul said, I very frequently stop what I'm doing and I think about you guys. And when I think about you, I thank God for you and I pray for you. And then in chapter 5, he says, hey, you need to be doing the same thing. You need to stop what you're doing in your busy activity and think about what God is putting on your heart. You need to focus on God and what He's saying to you, and then you need to pray. We raised three kids uh, to teenagers and young adults, but I can remember as they were little kids uh, going to Miss Jane Ann's class here at the, the Children's Center, we would, we would teach them important lessons like stop, drop, and roll. Y'all know that? Did y'all teach that to your kids? If you catch on fire, what do you do? Stop, drop, roll. All my kids learned it, but Callie's the one who practiced it constantly. She, she, she wanted to make sure that if she ever did catch on fire, she wouldn't forget, and she would have it down to stop, drop, and roll. Well, here's the formula that we need to hear today. Stop, think, and pray. Okay? Stop, think, 
and pray. Now, look across the page at chapter 2, verse 13. We're going to kind of go through three chapters here. One, two, and three. Chapter 2, verse 13, he says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing. Again, that's the same word, chapter 1, now chapter 2, also in chapter 5. For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as the word of truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. So again, Paul is saying, you know what? When I think of you guys, and I think of going there and preaching the word of God to you, you listen, you soaked it up, you allowed the word of God to do what it does, and that is change people's lives. And it has changed your life. So every time I'm thinking of you, I'm thanking God for you, and I'm praying without ceasing. Now let's go to chapter 3, verse 9. For what thanks can we render to God for you? For all the joy with which we rejoice for your sakes before our God, night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face. And there, my friends, I think you've got a pretty good idea or a pretty good definition of what this phrase, pray without ceasing, means. It means that we pray night and day. That we pray perpetually. That we pray with great frequency and regularity. That we pray at the drop of a hat. That we pray during our regular times of prayer, but also that we go around praying as it were, under our breath, that prayer becomes a holy habit in our life. And no matter what's happening, I can just whisper a prayer to God. You know, it's sad to say, but for a whole lot of us, it, our, our praying is, is, is so irregular that sometimes we have to reintroduce ourselves to God. It's been so long that we've talked to Him. That's not what Paul is talking about here. He's praying talking about praying without ceasing, that, that you can just whisper and God's there and, and you don't have to reintroduce yourself to Him. I, I want to give you an example of, of this that's convicted me about this very thing. I've, I've told you before about this, this great man of faith, uh, Dr. Michael Guido uh, from Metter, Georgia. He was a pioneer in radio and, and television evangelism for years. He had this little program entitled Seeds from the Sower. It was one of a kind, a great program. Well, Dr. Guido passed away in 2009 at the ripe old age of 94. But I want you to listen to what this man, this wonderful man of God said about his relationship with Christ and the way he prayed. He said, when I wake up in the morning, I say, good morning, Jesus. You and I are going to have a great day today. Just have your way with me. He said, I would slip my feet into my slippers and I would pray, Lord, bind my feet with ties of righteousness. I would go into the bathroom and wash my hands and pray, Lord, don't let my hands touch anything your hands wouldn't touch today. I wash my forehead and I would pray, Lord, don't let me think on anything that your mind wouldn't think on today. As I brushed my teeth, I, I would pray, Lord, Wash my tongue. Keep me from saying anything that your tongue wouldn't say today. 
And as I wash my eyes, I would pray, Lord, don't let me look at anything that your eyes wouldn't look at today. And as I wash my ears, I would pray, Lord, don't let my ears listen to anything that your ears wouldn't listen to today. And as I stand before the mirror to see if I'm presentable before I leave the bathroom, I would say, Michael, you're going forth to reveal Jesus Christ today to a lost and dying world. Let there be nothing in your life that would disgrace Him or deny Him or defame Him in any way. You know, I've got to say, wow, to that. Man, what a challenge. What an encouragement. I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning, my first thought is usually something like this. Oh boy, does my back hurt today. Or oh my, do I ever feel stiff. Or boy, am I ever tired this morning. And I just stagger through the day trying to do the best I can. Why don't, why don't we decide today? Why don't you and I decide today that from now on we're going to wake up in the morning, roll out of bed and say, Good morning, Jesus. You and I are going to have a great day today. And then live that day with Jesus Christ constantly and consistently talking to Him. That's what it means to pray without ceasing. Uh, one other verse, this time out of the Old Testament. It's First Chronicles. First Chronicles opens with a long series of genealogical listings. In fact, First Chronicles begins with a genealogical listing going all the way back to Adam. I mean, when I really want to read something good and study it, I'll go right there to First Chronicles chapter 1. It talks about Adam and Seth and Enosh. And then several chapters later, we come to the names of various lineages of Israel. And in 1 Chronicles chapter 5, we come to the descendants of the tribe of Gad. Okay, They are the Gadites. And in the middle of 1 Chronicles chapter 5, it talks about these Gadites going to war. Verse 19 says, They made war with the Hagrites, Jator, Nafish, Nodab, and they were helped against them. And the Hagrites were delivered into their hand, and all who were with them. For they cried out to God in the battle, and He heeded their prayer because they put their trust in Him. This is a great verse. These men were noted in the Old Testament genealogies because they cried out to God in battle. In the midst of this war or this battle, they prayed. They were not in their prayer closets with prolonged leisure moments of devotion, nor were they sitting in a climate-controlled sanctuary listening to soft organ music. Where were they? They were in the fog of war. They were dodging flying arrows and flinching from the flashing and clashing of both sword and shield, but somehow in the midst of the frenzy of the battle, they managed to pray. They cried out to God. And the cool thing is, He answered them right there on the spot. You know what? When I read that passage, it, it, it tells me, Harmon, it doesn't matter what battle you're fighting, 
It doesn't matter what battle you're in. God is right there with you and all you have to do is ask Him. Just cry out and He's going to hear your prayer and answer you. Let me do a quick time out and I want to repeat this several times over through the rest of my message. This promise, and this is a great promise, man. I mean, do y'all ever face battles? Y'all ever have problems? Sure we do, every single day. Did you know in the midst of the battle, you can cry out to God and He'll answer you? But this is a promise that only applies to born-again believers. Only those who have been adopted or engrafted into the family of faith have this promise of answer prayer. The only prayer God is obligated to hear from the sinner is a prayer of repentance. Now that statement has got plenty of preachers in trouble, but you know what? It's the truth. It is the truth. So understand this. God is there to help you, but you must be one of His children. And in the midst of the battle, you can cry out to God. So, praying without ceasing means that we have developed prayer habits in our lives that are continuously reoccurring. And that leads me to the second level of meaning for this term. Pray without ceasing. Prayer is not only a practice to cultivate, it is also a presence to enjoy. It is a relationship to enjoy. Now, let me just ask you, are there people in your life that you just really enjoy being around? You enjoy their presence. You, you enjoy talking to them, visiting with them, fellowshipping with them. My favorite person in the world to do that with is my wife, right? For 32 years, we've been together. We've been married for 31 years. We dated a year before that. Uh, the year before that, she just she just looked at me and and said, oh, Lord, one day, please give me Will Harmon, yeah? And if you believe that, I got something I want to sell you, you know? But no, no, no joke, listen to me. I, I love spending time with my wife. I love being in her presence. I love having lunch with her and just talking to her. You're thinking, you're crazy. Th after 32 years, is there anything new to talk about? Well, not really. I just, I just enjoy being with her. I just enjoy talking to her, spending time with her. You know, she works here at the church, and she's got a little office over there, and sometimes during the day, I, I, get, I get real bored real easy, right? And I can only focus for a short amount of time on, on a particular thing or subject, and then I get sidetracked. And, and sometimes I'll just kind of wander out of my office, and, and I just go over there and I open her door and walk in. And she's busy, and she'll look at me and say, what do you want? And, and like a little mouse, I just, I, just, I just want to be in here with you. I just want to talk to you for a little bit. Because I enjoy her presence. I enjoy the relationship I have with her. Listen to me. Dear child of God, God is with you every moment of every day. And we need to daily remind ourselves how near at hand God is. We need to train ourselves to consciously pause throughout each hour of the day to remind ourselves that, you know what? The Lord is with me. As I'm driving down the road, as I'm facing those battles, as I'm talking to other people, I need to, you know, God is right here with me. And we must learn to go to Christ constantly for advice on what to do next 
and to remind ourselves that He is standing there beside us, near at hand, always present, always available, ready to help us. A great mental image of this is the children of Israel traveling through the wilderness with the presence of the Lord with them as the pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Remember that story? I mean, what a great thing just to walk out your tent and see that cloud and know that that cloud represents the literal presence of God. And when the cloud moved or the pillar of fire moved, the people moved. They were following God. When it stopped, they stopped. And in the hearth of our own hearts, when the presence of the Lord is blazing within us, kind of like a fire in a fireplace, there is no need to ever feel lonely. You're never alone. As a child of God, He is with you always. Understand that. Realize that. And how wonderful to be able to enjoy that presence. To know that God is in me and with me. And learn to talk to Him continually. No matter what it's about. But again, let me remind you that that's only for a born-again believer. One of the most gifted Christian writers of the 20th century was a lady by the name of Catherine Marshall. She was the wife of the Scottish preacher Peter Marshall, who was the chaplain for the United States Senate. After his sudden death at a relatively young age, she wrote his biography entitled A Man Called Peter. From that moment on, she was one of America's best-known and best-loved writers. One of her other books was called adventures and prayer and in it she de describes some of the some of the wonderful answers that came to not only her prayers but but also to others Catherine said that when she was a teenager she longed and dreamed of going to college but it was during the depression and the small church in West Virginia where her father served as a pastor was suffering financially Catherine applied to Agnes Scott College in Decatur, Georgia, and she was accepted. But even after having saved and scrimped and sacrificed, there was not enough money. One evening, she said, Mother found me lying across my bed, face down, sobbing. She sat down beside me and said, Catherine, you and I are going to pray about this. And so they slid from off the bed down onto the floor and there beside this old oak bed they begin praying the mother said Catherine I know it's right for you to go to college and I really believe that God planted this dream inside of you so let's just stay here in his presence let's just talk to God as our friend and ask him to bring this to reality and there side by side, the two knelt in the presence of God. And decades later, Catherine could still recall the quiet confidence and the fresh determination that flowed into her as she and her mother prayed. She said His presence was real in that room. And since then I have longed and, and repeated and gone after that real presence of God. Well, to make a long story short, she continued to plan to go to college. And you know what? Just at the right moment, at the right time, God showed up. And He provided exactly what was needed. 
But the difference was made in Catherine's life. That night, she and her mother knelt beside that bed and lingered in the presence of God. W.A. Criswell was a great pastor, First Baptist Church, downtown Dallas, Texas, for years. He used to quote a poem on this subject. I'm, I'm not much into quoting poems because I don't really do a good job at it, but I'll tell you, this is a great little poem I want to end with. He would say, When you are weary in body and soul, cumbered with many a care, when work is claiming its strength-taking toll, make it a matter of prayer. And when you're discouraged, distraught, and dismayed, sinking almost in despair, remember, there's one who will come to your aid if you make it a matter of prayer. And when you are lost in this world's tangled maze, when life seems a hopeless affair, direction will come for all of your ways if you make it a matter of prayer. Maybe you have some things today that you need to make a matter of prayer. Maybe you've already been making some things a matter of prayer and you've been praying for a long time. My advice to you this morning is don't despair and don't give up. Jesus said in Luke chapter 18, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Unceasing prayer is a practice that we need to be cultivating, friend. But it's also a presence that we can enjoy. And nothing on earth can compare to the peace or the power of praying without ceasing. So, be joyful. Always pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes. Listen to this.